Welcome to A State of Mind, the podcast that brings together consciousness, meditation, mindfulness, psychology, psychedelics, and so much more in pursuit of this mystery we call life. This is Julian Royce. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so grateful to have this opportunity to help create this podcast, um, and I cannot believe we are on episode number 56. Wow, such a rich journey of learning, definitely with its shares of ups and downs, hopefully more ups. <laughs> and I realize it's been a few weeks since my last episode. Part of the reason for this is I just moved to a new place. I went from living in this large community house that I helped to create to getting my own space. So now it's just me and my dog, Sailor. And it's, you know, moving is tough. It's been challenging. Everything felt so upended, you know, just a week ago. And I'm finally starting to feel more settled. So really looking forward to the next chapter of a State of Mind podcast here. Today's episode is with Alec Brogan. It is really one of my favorite conversations thus far in the podcast. Alec is a doctor of chiropractic and he really opened up my eyes to understanding the, the art of chiropractic in a deeper way. Um, he has a more mystical understanding of how this all can work and help heal people, not just heal the aches and pains in your body, but also help you to heal deeply held emotional patterns and ancestral healing, which is something we get to talk about in this podcast that was really fascinating. In addition to chiropractic and yoga, Alec has extensively studied astrology and human design, and he calls his own work, which brings all this together, the geometry of grace. We talk about yoga, we talk about meditation and alignment, and we talk about the meaning of health and what healing can mean. And he has some really good, interesting perspectives on healing. And we discussed the idea of this term self-regulation. This gets used a lot these days in psychotherapy and it actually has a profound connection with the art of meditation. When we can allow our nervous system to deeply relax, which requires a real sense of safety as well as embodiment. And when we can really relax in this way and self-regulate like this while maintaining our awareness, there is tremendous potential for deep healing again and also for deep insight into the true nature of things. So we talk about that here in this conversation. Um, and we talk about men's work and the importance of creating or co-creating a positive, healthy vision of masculinity, especially today. This is something I feel really passionate about and it's something I'm going to discuss more on the podcast in the future. Um, Alex shares how connecting with the mythological level of our being can provide an avenue for this, and it can also help us connect with a deeper sense of purpose in our life. So if you are someone who is struggling with a sense of purpose and meaning, connecting with, with actually our mythology can be an avenue to, to help you there. This was a really fun, engaging conversation. Without further ado, I bring you Alec Rogan.
I'm here today with Alec Brogan. Alec, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, for good. having me. Yeah, it's good to connect with you again because we yeah. met several years ago at Naropa mm-hmm. University. Several, and several were, years ago. I remember you had the big sitar. Is uh-huh. that right? Yes. You studying Indian music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was another. That was another life. <laughs> another lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played the sitar for a long time now, but that was my life back then. Well, and how would you like to introduce yourself now? I know you're working with, with as a chiropractor. Yeah, totally. Um, so I I am a chiropractor. Um, if people are familiar with with network chiropractic, it's a very gentle form of chiropractic, um, and in my experience, deeply profound. Um, mm-hmm. It helped me in my own life with a lot of neurological things that were present, and um, yeah, it's incredibly beautiful. So I'd say that's the fulcrum of what I do. However, I do a lot of my own work um, within that. So a lot of cranial. um, Cranial sacral. mm -hmm, Yeah, more of like a biodynamic cranial sacral. I'm fascinated by um, osteopathic cranial sacral too. So do you want to, do you want to, mm-hmm. and you got a doctor? Yeah, 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 yeah. To yeah. become a chiropractor, you're a doctor. You to be a doctor. Doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, how mm-hmm. do you talk about the network chiropractor? Like what? Yeah, like what is it? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> well, let, let, let's, let's dive in. Um, okay. So, you know, right now, your, your whole system from the energy of your body to the um, autonomic nervous system, the, your, let's just say your spinal cord. Mm. The spinal cord actually holds tension. Mm. Right, just like a muscle, just like any tissue, right? Like actual the like, cord itself, yeah, absolutely. So, um, what is the spinal cord? Is it its nerves? Yeah, totally. Like within the bones. Um, like well, the it, bones? it exists within the spinal canal. Um, that's a big topic. <laughs> um, but yeah, you want to consider what the, yeah. the meninges and um, that's a whole big topic. <laughs> but what I will say is fascinating is that the tissue of the spinal cord is the same tissue as the brain. So in a way, you can almost call oh, it the, the brainal cord. I haven't heard it put quite that way. Right, but what the network? The brainal cord. The brainal cord. Huh. But what network does is it it takes into consideration that our experiences influence the pattern that our nervous system is tuned to. Hmm. So, you know, you come in and we assess what's happening in your nervous system, and we also assess where the ease is. Hmm. We call this a spinal gateway. And we make a very specific for, um, touch on the spine. And from that place of ease, the body actually regulates itself mm. and goes into a, a deeply healing space. Um, and yeah, you know, here's something to think about. Let's say a boat is floating in a mm. dock and you run up to it and you kick it. What happens? You go flying, <laughs> right? Your foot's going to hurt. Yeah. yeah. What if you lean on it? Mm. It moves. Yeah. Right? So a lot of times when we're very specific with a more gentle force, Mm. we can actually go deeper and create a more profound effect. Mm. So while network takes a lot of time and self-development to attune to that level of perception with the body, it's worth it because with that specific gentle force, the whole life can change within one touch. Mm. It's amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, and I, I know for sure that everything is connected mm-hmm. in that there's, a, I mean, the mind-body connection is incredible mm-hmm. and it's mysterious and we don't, yeah. you know, we don't, we can't, no one really, I don't think anyone can really explain that fully. Or, I would agree. Uh, but for sure, if you can shift your posture, you can mm-hmm. shift your attitude, you can shift your mind. Totally. Uh, 
Yeah. And it kind of they influence each other, you know. Yeah. If you're depressed, maybe mm. that changes your posture, the way you hold your body. Mm. If you change your body, maybe that changes your yeah. depression. So. Well, let's consider this too. I mean, there are some aspects that we have control over, right? Mm. Um, however, as you know, through your training as a psychotherapist and someone that works with somatic psychotherapy, yeah. there are experiences that we have that we haven't integrated. Right. And they right. those 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 situations or those predicaments, <laughs> um, those energies live in our bodies beyond yeah, the mind. Absolutely. They actually become subconscious. So while we can change our posture, that doesn't actually address these deeper patterns mm. that have gone to the back of our mind, our spine, right, is the mm. back of the oh, mind, nice. right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but really, you know, it's like our spine, it's where all the shit goes. Excuse me, you know, I hope it's okay I say that on the podcast. It's, getting, it's but, stored in the nervous system. Absolutely, and all the yeah. tissues. Let's say that you have a confrontation with someone and you mm. can't fully experience that. Mm. Well, the, the body's so intelligent that it stores that experience until we have enough energy to actually assimilate it into wisdom. Mm -hmm. That's what network does. That's what the work mm -hmm. I do is. Beautiful. Is I allow the system to regulate enough to experience wisdom in the body, mm -hmm. right? To experience and process situations even from our childhood, even embryologically, mm -hmm. that we can reclaim and use all the energy that we can right. to You're live our life. Unleashing a lot of energy when exactly. you do that kind of work. Yes, precisely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that was a good description of somatic therapy, of somatic meditation. Vitalism. They're all, they're all very related. Yes, absolutely. Vitalism. Yeah. Vitalism. Mm -hmm. Do you want to say more about that? Absolutely, yeah. So so what we can also talk about is salutogenesis and pathogenesis. Hmm. Pathogenesis, we see in allopathic medicine. Oh, this is the pathology. We're going to do something to correct it. Mm -hmm. We're going to get rid of the illness. Mm -hmm. Salutogenesis focuses on the health. We say, wow, how brilliant the system is. Mm. How beautiful is life. Mm. We follow the thread of life and watch this, this, the intelligence of the system of life heal itself. Right. We trust in the intrinsic healing nature that's of life right? Yeah. that's inherent within living organisms. Mm. I, I personally yeah. think that the human body is a living organism and quite intelligent. <laughs> so I trust that. I'm not mm. looking at what's wrong when I work with people. I'm looking at what's beautiful and right. Mm. And I witness nature heal itself through that human body. Nice. Yeah. yeah no, that's well said. Thanks. And I have a similar yeah. approach with therapy. I think like the mind can heal itself. The beautiful. Seeing that uh, potential within mm. everyone, even if they don't see it. And um, mm. helping well, someone get out of the victim role. Totally. It's actually a big part of therapy, a big part of the work I do. Which liberates the energy in the system to self-regulate. Right? Yeah. When we aren't identified with a, a smaller sense, the psyche can get so tuned into that victim. But once we liberate, even on a psychic level, that energy, all of a sudden, there's more energy to self-regulate. Right. Psychologically, physiologically, energetically, mm -hmm. it's all energy and self-regulation. Mm -hmm. In my perspective, it's geometry. Oh, interesting. Yes. Yeah. That's well, I another. Think, I think that, the term self-regulation is so mm -hmm. big and important. Mm -hmm. Totally. And, I think a lot of people, especially if you're suffering a lot or if you're, mm. you know, you, you don't realize the, the meaning of that. Wow. Yeah, it's, definitely. Because we kind of experience real well-being in your system. You, wow. don't even, you might not even know it's possible. Yeah. Interesting. Ah, I'm curious. So are, so are you bringing up the point of almost, it's like um, how contrast clarifies, how sometimes when people lose their well-being or health, mm. 
when they regain it, there's this profound reverence mm. for the ability of the system to self-regulate. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like those of us that are blessed with illness <laughs> are when we heal, while we become this beacon of knowledge that life knows how to heal. What yeah. a gift. Yeah, absolutely. What a gift. Yeah. Not everybody and then gets you, the then gift you appreciate of it more having had the exactly the disease. Yeah, contrast clarifies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess my my point too is just that mm. in our world today, mm. you know, if you grew up eating processed foods mm. and watching TV, and you you go to a school where you're forced to sit in an uncomfortable one of those chairs mm. where the desks are attached to it, and yeah. you don't have good you know the best role models in your life or totally. people around you, mm. it's like you could live your whole life without having experienced this deeper well-being that's within you. Oh, yeah. And you totally. feel you feel bliss in moments mm. maybe of sex or drugs or mm -hmm. ecstasy at a concert. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful. But I think what you're speaking to is if we can really balance mm. and really self-regulate on a deep level, yes. there's that well of well-being. Oh, beautifully put. Absolutely. A lot of us don't even know that's possible. Yes. Uh, like people I see in my in my practice yeah. therapy, it's like I think I think we we all we all have some taste of it as a child. Yeah, I you would know, agree. You're free and you're energized, and you're... you know, and something needs to be noted here that yeah. this is really the beginning of the mystical process, mm. and that's a bit of a statement. <laughs> but the window into the mystical life, the mystical process, is actually beginning to trust life beyond the identity. Mm. Trusting that there's this movement, there's this river flowing that exists before and after we leave this body and come into this body. Mm. So once we gain this relationship, and this is what I focus on in my office, my office is run a little different than most. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I went to Naropa. <laughs> I have a fairly mystical background. So for me, when the body, when the person comes into relationship with nature through their body, that's the window into a mystical life. Because now we explore something far beyond our identity. Mm -hmm. Now we witness that we're being breathed. Mm. Breathing is happening. But what is it within us that desires that breath? What is that rhythm actually entrained to? Well, these larger biological rhythms. And what are those connected to? These larger planetary universal cycles. Wow. All right. of a sudden healing the becomes a mystical path. Yeah. Yes. And learning to be in relationship with the innate forces of life is the window into the mystical. From my perspective, mm. that's why I became a chiropractor. I mm. wanted to go be a monk in India. <laughs> that's all I wanted to do. Oh, well. you know? And then life happened, and you know, my mom probably wouldn't have liked that very much. <laughs> so I said, I'll become a chiropractor, and I'll sneak in some mysticism here and there when I can. <laughs> yeah, but it's so clear that this is a part of your path, your well, practice. You're not separating your spiritual path from no, your No, I can't do that. Work. Yeah, it's totally <laughs> Yeah, I just, it feels so refreshing to hear you talk about the body in this way. Mm, that that's the window cool. into the mysticism. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's really where life begins, because mm. I... I feel that, you know, when we walk around thinking, you know, I'm Julian and I'm Alec and it's, mm. it's deeply separate. There's a suff there's suffering inherent within that. It's actually yeah. not true. It's fundamentally not true. <laughs> We're the same being on a very deep level, mm. you know? Um, and so, yeah, there's on a healing, deep healing level, we want to nip that in the bud and we want to realize that health is actually transpersonal. Mm. Another Beautiful. statement, right? Kind yeah. of intense, but it is. I, I mean, like health that. is this organic rhythm that mm -hmm. we have the blessing to tap into, but it's it's this transpersonal beingness, mm. a rhythm in all of life that we can entrain to. Mm. Mm -hmm.
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're stu- obviously your study of yoga has mm-hmm. deeply influenced the work that you're doing now. Yeah, and I mean, uh, when did this like idea come to do chiropractor? Because I ah, yeah, I, you know, uh, when I was a kid and I heard about a chiropractor, I thought of like some boring guy. You know, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't right. thinking about yoga and like yeah, it's all, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I said, the way I do things is a little different, but. But, um, but but actually, here's something interesting. In 1895, a man named D.D. Palmer received chiropractic in a seance. Oh, I didn't know he that. was a yeah. spiritualist. That's amazing. And a being named Jim Atkinson, a disembodied being, was said to come to him and give him chiropractic. Now, sorry <laughs> if this is getting a little far off for people. I don't know who, you know, who your audience is. But, totally welcome here. <laughs> okay, great, great. But but the truth is, and what I'm really saying is, is that chiropractic in and of itself is a mystical science hmm. and art and philosophy. All of vitalism is. Again, the healing process itself is deeply mystical. We're going beyond the identity and, and trusting in, a, in, in these larger forces. So for me, you know, honestly, I would say it started when I started practicing yoga. Oh, well. I met Sadhguru Jagi Vasudev when I was mm. 18 years old mm. and received initiation into Kriya Yoga through a, a practice called the Shambhavi Mahamudra with him. Where, where did you meet him? I met him in his, at his ashram in um, Tennessee. Oh, wow. And I was been very blessed. I played the sitar for him at different times. So oh, we, cool. we were, um, you know, personally um, in, interacting. You, you know, personal connection. Definitely, yeah, which was a blessing because oh. now, I mean, you go and there's like 10,000 people in the space. I was able to have lunch with him many times, play music for him. You say his name again? Sadhguru. Well, people know him as Sadhguru. He has a big gray beard. Yeah, I think people probably know pictures, yeah. yeah. But Jagi Vasudev, Sadhguru Jagi Vasudev. And when he gave me those Kriya practices, I would sit in my room for up to eight hours a day. Wow. And I would witness my system regulate itself. And I would go into these profound states of mystical awareness because my body would regulate. Mm. Well, the human being is naturally geared towards self-knowing, right? Mm. And which some call would call the process of enlightenment. So when my system would regulate beyond the need for survival, well, where would that energy go? Mm. Well, I was sitting. Mm. My physiology was balanced. All of a sudden, all my life energies went towards the knowing of myself and a higher nature of reality. Mm. And so then I was blessed with getting really sick. <laughs> and um, I didn't really know what to do. And I tried everything. Okay. And one day I went and saw a man that just poked me. And I thought, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, but I kept going. So what, what kind of sickness? This was network. You know? oh, okay. Well, sorry, I'll finish and then I'll... Yeah. And then um, I kept going within about a month and a half. I was better. And I tried wow. everything. And so this was the thing that this helped This was the thing that helped me the most. Um, and so I decided to story. devote my life to it. Yeah. That's yeah. making a long story short. Um, you know, I hiked the Appalachian Trail when I was 18. So mm. I, I probably got Lyme. Um, uh-huh. I had some pretty severe so digestive things, neurological stuff. Yeah. yeah, it took me a long time, but it was a blessing. I mean, my, my journey of healing has been a, has been a deep one. Mm. Not an easy one, but um, deeply meaningful yeah for me well i love um learning more about the history of chiropractic am i saying that word right chiropractic yeah, yeah. chiropractic yeah, yeah because and i mean it makes so much sense to me uh-huh alignment and the spine i mean anyone who goes to a basic meditation class we learn about upright and relaxed yes and how simple and yet challenging mm, totally totally yeah, yeah for sure and i will say once again however 
you know, you could tell someone to sit up straight and that that's great. However, you know, when you were 11, right. if there was some profound trauma mm. that influenced your physiology and your nervous system and that's never been processed, well, that is actually having an influence on your posture, on your autonomic mm. regulation, everything. Even if you're not consciously aware of it. Absolutely. Right. So you yeah. can sit up straight all you want, but I mean, you know, go, going through a process where you're going and actually healing these deep aspects of your physiology, your psyche, your nervous system, mm. the energetic system, I mean, these are profound things to consider. Yeah, absolutely. What's happening when we aren't addressing those things. So that's the care that I do. I want to address those deeper, even all the way mm -hmm. down to embryological, you know, mm -hmm. patterns that some things happen in utero that we need to address. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> a little cat. Yeah, a little kitty. <laughs> and well, a dog. It's, uh, right? And it's cool to hear about mm -hmm. this person receiving chiropractic from a kind of vision. Yes. I mean, as someone... I have an undergrad degree in religious studies mm -hmm. and a master's in Buddhist studies. And so like all these world religions, there's these, you know, even mm -hmm. what we think of as very mainstream, well-established religions, mm -hmm. oftentimes there's this download that revelation. happens from this revelation. Mm -hmm. If you look at the Buddhist scriptures, there's mm -hmm. thousands of them, literally, wow. that masters received. Mm -hmm. And they said, this isn't my personal, you know, thoughts. Mm -hmm. This is actually the word of a Buddha or a deity. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, in yoga, there's lots of that. Absolutely. We have all the Christian saints and the Muslim saints. Yes. I mean, it goes on and on. So. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I think that, that our cultural narrative is profoundly limiting in the Western world. Um, yeah. we, we think that that's somehow um, far out, you know, or um, out of reach for someone within our everyday life and culture. But we're mm. always communing with life. Mm. I mean... Why is it so crazy to some of us that revelation can happen um, when it's yeah. been happening for as long as we um, know humanity has existed, right? That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, it's, in a certain way, nothing more human. Totally. It's been going on for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, we're commuting with... <laughs> same thing with these transpersonal experiences, spiritual experiences. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. The same thing with getting this this journey from like dis-ease to wow. finding well-being. Yes. That's like the human dis -ease experience. Dis-ease to ease. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm. I guess it makes, I'm kind of thinking about how like when I was a kid, grew up eating a lot of, you know, just junk food mm. and all this stuff. And mm. I think about the TV and the, you know, mm. and I had a, a pretty good, pretty loving family. So I'm not, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not someone who's coming from a ton of abuse, but just mm. when I started to become more health conscious, mm. which was a part of my meditation practice and journey. Mm. Um, cause like becoming more aware of my body and the food I'm taking in, you know, the water I'm drinking the, you know, yeah. and then the information diet. Yeah. It's oh, like, totally. it's just been a long process of kind of detox. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, now I feel like I'm in a more stable grounded place mm -hmm. and I have definitely more vitality and health than I did 10 years ago. Yeah. That's I, years ago, I yeah. absolutely, I feel wholeheartedly <laughs> feel the same. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, how profound, even to, sh to share this. I mean, most of yeah. the people listening to this probably have this awareness already. But, you know, some people come into a chiropractic office and they think that they're just coming in for back pain. Mm. And maybe they are. But the gift is, as a chiropractor that's holding a wider paradigm, is that we, we share that intrinsically. Mm. When someone comes in to see me, if they come in and say, well, my back hurts, I meet them there. But I'm actually holding an invitation um, for a larger paradigm for them to witness themselves and experience mm. life through that window. 
where all of a sudden it's like, oh, maybe there's a reason that my back is hurting and they connect it to something that's happened, hmm. thread it back to the history of their life and like heal memory, the relationship yeah. with their mother maybe. Hmm. Then all of a sudden we're engaged in lineage level healing, hmm. right? And maybe they get into family constellation work. I mean, who knows where it goes, but hmm. it all starts from someone tripping and hurting their back. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> wow, here we are in a contemplative <laughs> paradigm. <laughs> So, and you're like, you're holding the space for that. If they bring that up, yeah. you're going to meet them there. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's how can I help it but to meet people in my own paradigm, right? <laughs> but that's just, and that's the dedication that I have to myself. You know, it's, yeah. I, I'm always looking to, to deepen my understanding of life, my own body, so that I can hold that space for those that come and see me. Mm. That's the dedication that I have in my own life. Is I'm, I'm, most people that know me, if you're watching this, you can probably attest to it. I'm, I'm fiercely dedicated to mm -hmm. to my own health, um, my own well-being, and really cool. living in the highest integrity that I can to hold that space. To walk the walk. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So in your mm -hmm. life, getting the seeing mm -hmm. the chiropractor was a game changer. Yes. Is that something it, it, you've continued yeah. to do over the years? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's mm -hmm. a it's an enormous part of my life. It allows me to do the work that I do. Hmm. Yeah. And I just love it. I mean, for me, it's the best show in town is the healing process. And it extends beyond the body at this point for me, you know? Right. Yeah. You're mentioning lineage, like ancestors. It's all there. Astrology. I mean, everything is written in this body. Everything hmm. is written in this body. Our whole lineage. I mean, I've never met my great, great, great grandfather, yet his nose is sitting right here on my face. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like it's all here. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's so many, there's so many directions we could go with this. So like, yeah. On the level of DNA, uh -huh. we get DNA from our ancestors, yeah. from our grandparents, from our parents, mm -hmm. and uh, the ways that it's ex expressed, you know, the yeah. ways the and genes the epigenome. Show, epigenome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah. And then our microbiome from our mother, like it's, it, it's yeah, so deep. It, oh, it's it's in, it's incredibly deep. It's incredibly deep. And it, it's yes. so complex, yeah. and so beautiful, and so overwhelming to think about all these mm. levels and connections. And it it really makes me appreciate mm. the teachings of karma because, mm. like, when we look at the historical Buddha, mm. just to use because I'm you know, yeah. familiar with the Buddhist tradition, mm. use that example. When he became fully enlightened, his body changed. That's that's right there in the teachings. And like, so there's these marks of the Buddha. The, the length of his fingers and toes were mm. all perfectly per proportional. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so it's you know partly mythological, but I think it's also speaking to what you're talking about, mm. where if we do become attuned to that level, to the cosmos, yes. to, to universal yes. reality, then that beautifully put. Physiology. Beautifully put. Yeah. In my perspective, this physical world is not primary; mm. it's secondary, if not tertiary. What's primary is the subtle world, right? Mm. So when something shifts in our subtle body immediately the physical form shifts. Mm. I mean, I've witnessed it, frankly, with every visit I have almost in the office. Oh. These profound shifts in the subtle body and the person gets up and their face is different. Mm. Their body looks different. Their whole system is shifted, mm. right? And I mean, if you saw the way I work, I mean, it's, it's subtle, but there's such profound presence in that subtle work that the body can regulate so deeply mm. when we put in these huge thrusts, which some chiropractors do and, and blessings on that, that that's however people want to work. Mm. But a lot of chiropractors will put these enormous forces into the body. It liberates a ton of energy. That's great, but it's not as specific. It's broad. Mm. When we get, 
very specific. Very We're actually in communion with the subtle pranas, the, the pranas of life, mm. the chi. We're, we're in a symbiosis with that when we can be so mm. subtle. The most profound work actually happens in awareness. Mm. No physical force. There's, there's force beyond touch. When I'm with someone, sometimes in a deep cranial space, just my awareness will have an impact on that system. Mm. Just the shift in awareness. And thank God for my meditation training mm. because that's what allows me to hold that space. So for me, it makes sense. The way it all has happened from retrospect, I say, oh, that makes sense now. Why I went to Naropa, why mm. I met Sadhguru, all these things, yeah. you know. But when it was happening, I didn't That's have like a clue. <laughs> well, it's great that you've gotten to this point where you mm -hmm. look back at your life and you're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That feels good. I, totally. and, you, and there's a gratitude for even the difficulty. <sighs> Profound gratitude for yeah. the difficulty. The wounds seem to be where the light comes in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a famous saying. The I cracks so. are how the light gets Yeah, in. exactly. Yeah, 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 totally. There's Leonard Cohen. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> He's a good one. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, this, this idea that the wound, you know, connects mm. us actually with this vulnerability, right? And, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The wounds become our window into it's mastery. Great take a leap here in our conversation i think great a figure like donald trump uh -huh. oh yes. wow we're really taking a leap <laughs> that's powerful or whatever however you, however you think about him sure i think the reaction against him and maybe also the reaction for him mm. that a lot of people feel is i see him as someone who's not willing to you know get in touch with his own wound right mm. and there's mm. a strength in that mm. it wow. can seem kind of invincible because mm. he can't be wounded mm. no matter what you throw at him mm. And yet you lose your, some humanity and vulnerability. And, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, there's a spectrum of the life experience that, um, that diminishes when we yeah. become so focused on a certain facet of, of our beingness. The psyche becomes really uh, dogmatic and narrow. Like, right. And yeah. so, you know, we see a big, strong, thick tree, right? Yeah. How strong. But then the wind blows a little too strong and what happens it shatters mm. breaks in half well what happens with the willow tree that same mm. wind comes and because how gentle it is it just moves right with the wind mm. right so we see these strong psyches well they're strong until they're not and then they break mm. but we see these more adaptive and maybe we witness them as less strong yeah. but yet they're so much more adaptive that there's more sustainability that's a good example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you wanted to ask me about the men's work. Oh, yeah. If you want to go there, we can also, I mean, there's a lot of different ways we can go. I mean, I, I incorporate a lot of different esoteric systems. Um, yeah. As you know, I'm, uh, I do the work called the Geometry of Grace, mm -hmm. which uses the human design and astrology. I, I use that with all of my patients, oh, really? which I call practice members. I mean, so like, yeah. you want to share a little bit about that process? Sure. Um, that's, yeah. That's, uh, there's a lot to say there, but for me, meaning and our story has so much to do with the sustainability and the depth of our healing. Hmm. When we know ourselves on a deeper mythic, even transpersonal level, well, all of a sudden, there's space for us to heal beyond where that the, the pathology actually took root, right? If we go throughout our day and we're working in an office and we wake up and we identify with, you know, Joe Adams, who's working in the office. Yeah. 
and, and you know, if your name is Joe Adams, you know, I, yeah, sorry, but it's a cool name. Yeah, it's a, it's a actually a really cool name. Um, but you know, Joe Adams is is going to the office every day. He identifies with that. And mm. then one day, Joe Adams Joe Adams gets sick. Mm. You know, maybe he gets bit by a tick mm. and, and contracts Lyme. Mm. And you know, Joe Adams goes through this whole process and eventually gets to a place where he begins to question the meaning of his life. And that illness takes him into a total, you know, uh, reinvention of the psyche. Mm. And he begins to study myth. And he realizes, wow, I'm connected. My life has a relationship with these mythic tales, these mm. ancient stories. My life is actually woven from this. Yeah. Right? I've been born, I will die, but these stories are ancient. <laughs> And they're actually reflected in my own life. He looks at different things in his life. And all of a sudden, he seems to have this larger paradigm. Mm -hmm. And he feels more connected to the meaning of life. You know what happens? Way more energy is potentially there for his healing. Mm. And so we nip that in the bud right away. And when people start care in my office, we explore the transpersonal, the story. Mm. And that anchors them this into this. It's like the story you're living. Absolutely. We're all mythic. We're, yeah. We are yeah. mythic. We are mythic. So we get in yeah. touch with that as we heal while we have mm. this larger container to heal into. Yeah. Our healing becomes more sustainable. Beautiful. So that's how I use astrology, the human design, is that. to tap people into this ancient mythic dynamism that we all have. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, it's such a big topic. I mean, huge. the popularity of all the Marvel movies and superhero uh -huh. movies are directly speaking to that. That we can identify Absolutely. with these bigger than life characters and we can move but... through the... And when, we're, when they're saving the world, mm. like we do that in our own life because we all have our own world. That we Joseph have to, Campbell we have to save Joseph from Campbell's world, yeah, right? The, yeah. the hero's journey. Yeah. And we all have our mythic tale. Yeah, we all have our mythic tale. And what's the role of our healing within that? It's, mm. Wow. You know, it's a deep question. Totally. But that brings up the mythic man. Yeah, that's the that. that's the men's work. I want to tie mm -hmm. tie it back to the Donald Trump mm, thing. Sure, it <laughs> felt a little. It's tricky to talk about, and people are so passionate about it. Yeah, but part of how I see it mm. is, um, you know, the myth, the archetype of the strong male leader, mm. and people who are against him want to tear him down or destroy mm. him. Mm. But what we actually need as a as a culture, if we want to heal and evolve, is like. How can we tap in with that essential goodness or health mm, mm. that is present even there? Absolutely. Rather than try to cut off, which would be cutting off a part of ourselves. Right? Beautifully put. That he healing does not happen from a divisive perspective. Mm. It just doesn't. The body heals, as I was saying earlier. When I'm looking at the body, I'm not looking at patho. I'm not looking for a pathology. I'm honoring the brilliance, the wholeness of the system. It's the same thing with this. Hmm. Psychological healing, Donald yeah. Trump healing, whatever. <laughs> you know, we don't heal from being divisive and separate, from having a, a, a separatist perspective. Yeah. It, healing and whol holism, to become whole, Wholeness. to heal, right? Yeah. That doesn't happen from cutting off a part of ourselves, like you so beautifully put. Yeah. We have to find that inherent goodness that exists within all life. Mm. From that place, the system self-regulates, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're tying this into this, this mm. men's work, this like, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know, when I think about that, I think about finding a more positive mm. vision of masculinity. Mm. 
I love it. That doesn't, right, it doesn't have to go against uh, the critique of the patriarchy mm. or the critique of like the downsides of masculinity, mm -hmm. but actually take those in and transcend change. Transcend and include. And transcend and include, yeah. Absolutely. You know, you take yeah. in the, the criticism, you look at it, mm. and, uh, but like what we're saying, you don't, you know, all men are evil or something, right? Mm. That's not going to. Yeah, and I will say, help. I mean, that's something that I had to sit with in my own life. You know, it's like. I've been blessed to have some really amazing um, men and masculine mm. figures in my life. And I've also been blessed to not have some because, again, <laughs> contrast clarifies. So in my own life, you know, I, I have had some not so great masculine figures mm. that um, I have had the blessing of having enough awareness to to sit with that, to witness how I want to show up. Mm. And the contrast of that has actually been profound for me. Yeah. And a lot of the ways that I work with men comes from feeling so inspired to carry a torch of, um, well, what I find to be honorable masculine qualities mm. um, instead of, well, I won't even say instead of, you know, protecting life, being a mm. steward of life. You know, yeah. it's like to guard the sacred trust of all that is. Mm. To me, that's that's divine masculinity. Totally. And then we're not talking about gender. You know, it's just these these energies that exist. I honor whatever the gender, however we want. But when we look at yeah. the divine expression of masculinity, you know, we, we're talking about the protection of life, mm. of our families, of mm -hmm. what we find to be like that protector true. quality. Yeah, and there are so many things, but mm -hmm. but yeah, but that's part of the work that I that I'm doing with the mythic man, that's and it's cool. connecting men to their mythic qualities. What's that transpersonal thread mm. that yeah. exists within you as a man? It's so needed in the world today. Mm -hmm. Totally, I mean, I'm familiar with the kind of four archetypes of the mm. masculinity that have been cool. talked about. The king archetype. Yep. You're probably familiar with this. The magician. No, no, please, though. Yeah, yeah. Please yeah, continue, yeah. The magician. Mm -hmm. What is it? King, magician, lover. Yeah, the lover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is the third... And, uh, warrior. Yeah, right? the warrior. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yes. Warrior. Yeah. Which is interesting because in the system that I use, I use the chart, and mm. the astrology chart, and we use the first, fourth, seventh, and tenth house. Mm. And so there are the what are called the four full, what I call the four fulcrums of the chart. And the first house is, is self, right? The relationship with body, mind, mm. our beingness. The fourth house is our relationship to our ancestry, our lineage, our home. Mm. The seventh house is our relationship with our relations. Mm. And the tenth house is who we are meant to be in the world. And mm. so in the program with the yeah. Mythic Man, we go through these. Each man takes a look, gets intimate with their own chart, and looks at their own mythology, <laughs> you know, and their path through these four directions. So it's yeah, connected in a way. Yeah, a way to look at it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be in August. Oh, yeah. yeah, mid Great. to late August, so it should start. Yeah, is it going to be online? Mm -hmm. It'll be online. Great. Yeah, totally powerful. Yeah, one. that allows men to join from wherever they are. Because I work with people in a lot of different places through my readings. Mm. My office, obviously, everyone's here in Boulder. But the readings—I mean, the last reading I gave was to someone in Ireland. Oh wow! And then the reading so before that was someone in uh, Brussels. <laughs> or in, That's amazing. Yeah, and then Belgium and all the you know. Yeah. I mean, so. you, when you say reading, you're like astrological. Yeah, the work is called The Geometry of Grace, and mm -hmm. I use the human design with um, Eastern and Western astrology as a synthesis there that is called The Geometry of Grace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I do that work with people all over the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
Do you study that kind of um, separately from chiropractic? <laughs> yeah, somehow, <laughs> somehow. I've been studying that for about 10 years. Okay. I started those studies at Naropa, and I actually kept them pretty alive during chiropractic school. It's one of the things that helped me get through <laughs> was finding just so much passion and studying these more esoteric systems. Mm. That's my heart. So while, your, I, while I was studying biochemistry, I'd start I'd study a little bit of biochem, you know, and whatever else, biomechanics, and then I'd go and study my Jyotish, nice. or my human design, study the hexagrams, you know, kept a good balance. Yeah. yeah. I guess I'll ask, maybe this is a dumb question, but no. when you look at someone's chart, yeah. you're looking at when they were born, like mm -hmm. where they were born. Yes. Is there any other information that you need to know, or is that um, basically when, when when they were born, like the date, what time they were born, right, and where, and that gives us everything that we need to know. Mm -hmm. That's that's the part that's so amazing and like mm. hard for me to. Mm. I've been skeptical about that, sure, um, in the past, but yeah, um, and rightfully so. Skepticism is a wonderful thing. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, and there's a lot of kind of junk astrology out there. I could the not <laughs> agree more, and to, and honestly, that's one of my deepest passions mm. is to make sure that people have access to deep genuine astrology and human design mm -hmm. because I cannot tell you the profound influence that it's had on my life and the people that I work with. Absolutely profound. Looking at systems like from the Vedic um, mm -hmm. systems of what are called the dashas, the chapters of someone's life. Someone mm -hmm. will look at, will go through these dates and it's like, oh my God, that's when my, you know, dog died and I went into this whole spiritual crisis and mm. that was that exact date and then we look deeper and it just profound meaning wow. profound meaning is is derived from these systems now <clears throat> it's probably a whole podcast we can go into on why that works the ancient perspective of what the planets are doing um and we can do that if you'd like. <laughs> another, a, your skepticism probably deserves that level of a of discussion totally. you know yeah. yeah no and i would like to get into that yes, i mean we can um and this is something that you would see as being cross-cultural. Like, it wouldn't matter if someone's born in China or if they're born in England. Or Absolutely not. However, what's beautiful is that the archetypal landscape is malleable, mm -hmm. right? The first, fourth, seventh, and tenth, those considerations, well, if someone's from China and they want to explore a different archetypal, a different pantheon, right? Of, different of, mythology. Exactly. Yeah. Then great. Yeah. But the structure is the same. Mm -hmm. Look at Joseph Campbell's work. I mean, that's, he went around all these, yeah. you know, and, I'm, and I'm not exalting Joseph. I mean, he's wonderful, but I'm not saying he's found yeah. the golden <laughs> ticket. But his work is profound, and that's his work, uh -huh. you know, the structure of archety the archetypal landscape. Totally. You know, I had an experience, mm -hmm. um, it's about two years ago. I went to study this mm -hmm. particular text with a Tibetan Lama, mm -hmm. who's a, also a Tibetan medical doctor, uh, Dr. Nita Chinangsang. Mm -hmm. He's an amazing teacher, um, mm. and he, wow. in this like 12th century Tibetan text, mm. you know, which was written in Tibet by this, you know, talking about revelation, it's kind of like mm. one of those things uh, by a great master, it lays out the astrological signs, and they're the, exactly the same as the mm. Western zodiac signs. Mm. It even great. has the same, oh. uh, same names. Yeah. Like Scorpio, mm -hmm. uh, Sagittarius. When, when uh, was it? When was this written? It was written in 13th century Tibet, I think. Like the 12th yes, that would that would make sense then. So that blew my mind. I had no idea mm -hmm. that that cross cultural kind of cross cultural yeah. connection was there. So this goes deep. All right, take it. <laughs> well, I mean, oh my gosh, I, I mean, like deep, deep. Um, but there, there was a lot of um, cross cultural 
communication happening um it's like the thousands of years yeah and i mean even with the the you know you see greek words Mm -hmm. that are what i believe is called transliterated Uh, i don't know the exact word but basically you know you see like kentron Mm. is a greek word that means angle well in the vedic system it's called kendra But, but that's not a Sanskrit so they took word. The, the Greek word, right? And so, right? And so, but and yeah. vice versa. I'm not saying it started in Greece. And there's a whole debate about that. I'm not taking forth. sides right now yeah, on yeah. that. That's a, <laughs> that, again, this goes deep. But but you can see that there are these there is cross communication um, to look at where it starts. You know, in India, it's said that the rishis um, brought this into the written language because we were moving into a different cycle of time mm. we're moving into a different yuga the yugas right yeah. so Beautiful. when the kali yuga comes all of a sudden they need to write the vedas before mm. they were all spoken pure mm. memory Right? And so these rishis, these beautiful teachers, these beings, start writing down, and then people say, well, that's where Jyotish comes from. Hmm. Right? It's a limb of the, of the Vedas. You know? and, but then there are Greek people, you know, people on the Greek side that say, no, it started in Greece, and the, and the Greek people, and the Greece influenced the India and the Veda, the Vedic practice. And huh. there's a ton of, there's a massive argument, <laughs> frankly, about it. Um, Interesting. Which again, we probably need more time. Yeah, we have to do. But, that. Yeah. Well, I guess while I'm thinking about it, uh, this number 12, 12 mm. months, twelve hours, mm. twenty four hours in a day, but mm. you know, twelve hours in the day, twelve mm. hours in the night. Do you have any insight into that? Because that also seems mm. in ancient India, China, Tibet, yeah, obviously in Europe, absolutely. Why? Mm-hmm. So when you take a look at the way that the days line up and the hours line up, there actually is a structure to it. Hmm. And I learned this through studying Jyotish. Um, I had the blessing of having a teacher that really beautifully laid out some pretty deep things. So there is a structure from that perspective. But also, I was listening to a video recently by a man that I've never studied with, but his name's Rick Levine. Okay. And he was talking about how it's not so much that there are 12 signs out there that interface with the ecliptic. Roughly, that is why we use that number. But you'll hear sometimes people say, well, what about um, the 13th sign? Have you ever heard of this? Uh-huh. Well, there's a 13th sign. And that, when you say sign, you mean stars? Yeah, well, yeah, like you have Aries, right, Taurus, okay. Gemini, Cancer, right, right. Leo, Virgo, Libra, right? All these the I signs, the 12 13th. signs. Well, here's the thing. People try to use that as an argument around astrology. Mm. What Rick beautifully was saying in this video is that it's not so much that there are 12 signs out there, but there's this sacred number of 12 in here. Mm. And that we are actually understanding ourselves through the projection of this chart, of this symbol, this mandala that we're using. Oh, nice. So that's another perspective. I like that. And I like it too, but it's a more modern perspective, I believe. You know, and it's it's a very wide field, the study of astrology. There are people who study a modern system, and there are people who study a traditional ancient system. Really, the two paradigms conflict in some ways. Hmm. Um, views on karma, destiny, fate, the hmm. fixedness, um, and the lack of free will compared to the more new age perspective that everything 
is up to us in the way that we write our reality. Hmm. Well, I tend to fall in between somewhere, hmm. you know. That's um, a big question. Ex and that's why I say, yeah. I mean, this is a, it's a huge conversation and there needs to be a lot of foundational understanding before we actually speak to it. Hmm. Um, as most right. things that are very deep do, someone probably couldn't come into one of your master's degree discussions on Tibetan Buddhism without an understanding of some context of the history and things like that. Right. It's yeah, the same thing when thing. we start to talk about astrology. Totally. Yeah. We have to have some foundational concepts before we go ahead and talk about these <laughs> massive things. Yeah, yeah, totally. Or else we get in trouble with, yeah, trouble happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, conflation and things. So Totally. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe a conversation for another podcast. But it's, totally. It's fascinating to think about and to kind of open my mind up to more of those possibilities. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Have you ever had a chart, um, your chart done? You know, my mom had my chart done when I was oh. like... Or like six months old or something. Okay, so. interesting. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, because wow. she was into that. Okay, so, um, and I've so had, you're rebelling. I've, I've had friends do my chart like <laughs> once or twice. Nice. I think they were mostly just using a website that they were typing wow, into. This is a different thing. Again, that's, <laughs> so that's I a whole other thing. I don't think I've got my chart done in the way you're talking right, about. Right, totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for me, it's um, I feel a profound sense of dedication to honoring the art that is mm. uh, astrology um it's been disrespected um mm. and it's been convoluted and um unfortunately uh it hasn't been carried in the highest way in our mm. culture it was once deeply revered deeply and my hope is that we can bring that back and rewrite the cultural paradigm to actually understand that there's something far deeper happening. Appreciate we're, the value there. Yeah, we're a part of the, the rhythms huh. on this larger these larger levels. Yeah. Well, anything that's connecting you with the larger world and universe mm -hmm. is going to can be helpful. So I think so. Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> that's cool. And mm -hmm. you're you're tying it into this this men's work. Is there anything else you want to share about that? Um. Well, it seem it sounds like a lot of your viewers are from Colorado. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, we, we get viewers from all over the world. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. if anybody wants to fly in, <laughs> then that's great because we do, we are starting an in-person group, which Sweet. we've spoken yeah. to. I hope that you yeah. attend. Yeah, um, I'd yeah, I'd love that. But then, you know, also there, there is this process called the mythic man. Um, and in August, it's looking like the, probably the third week of August, it'll launch. Hmm. And it's, it's really a place for people seeking deeper relationship with, the, with the masculine, with what it is to be a man right now on these really deep levels mm -hmm. to have reverence for life in, in this way mm -hmm. and using myth and astrology mm -hmm. and sacred sciences cool. to come into alignment with that. And the idea is to build community all around the world where we have pods and there is work that we do each week and we reconvene as a collective. And we we learn together and deepen as men. And I know you've done this work, men's work in yeah, I've done in, several men's groups, right? Just that. that so this is like a great big global men's group using nice. myth and astrology to deepen our relationship with our manhood. Sounds powerful. Yeah, totally. The community piece is so important. The connecting, the hearing, the listening, the mm. the, the 
like mm-hmm. building a relationship with other men mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is on a deeper, more soul felt level, honestly, mm-hmm. totally rather than one of competition yes. or one of dismissal right. or, totally. or one of fear. Yeah. I mean, and even if we do, if there is competitive energy that comes up, it's like, okay, the space can hold that. And mm-hmm. how do we actually use this for the betterment of everyone in the space? Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes men yeah. get together and there's, there's an energy and it's like, instead of, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, hey, like, yeah. let's make each other better. Mm. I'm not jealous of you. I'm, I celebrate your gifts. Mm. I celebrate your successes. You celebrate mine. How can yeah. we grow? And so we're rewriting the, the narrative. Um, yeah, we're born into an uninitiated culture. So right. here we are initiating each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank God. We don't get that initiation experience or experiences. I think right. it should be more than one. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Where are our rites of passage? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a big. Yeah, yeah they big, are big points. That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and it's so needed in the mm-hmm. world today. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you have any thoughts just mm-hmm. to share about mm-hmm. our bigger cultural societal mm-hmm. picture with masculinity, where it's, wow. it's been? Mm-hmm. There's this kind of like paradox is happening. I mean, on the one hand. Things like white supremacy and mm. like we just were talking about Donald Trump. Like it, from one point of view, it could seem mm. like the negative sides of masculinity are, are stronger than right. ever. Mm. But from my perspective, I think the bigger picture mm. is that we're entering more and more into a time period mm. and age where mm. women are in leadership, like the mm. feminine qualities are ascendant. Yeah. And um, wow. And I think that'll be more apparent in the next, you know, 10 years. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um this has been deeply present for me, hmm. actually. I was just speaking with a woman that I'm deeply close with this morning. And hmm, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling into how personal I want to get in this moment. <laughs> and sure. I'm, I'm very open to being personal. Um, but there's some awareness I'm going to have around it. So I, I grew up with a mother that was a powerhouse. Hmm. Um, I... I didn't have um, uh, a father that was around in the beginning. And then I had a father for a while that was around. And then that didn't work out too well. I was lucky enough when I was about 12 to have an amazing man enter my life. And that held the structure for me to really lean into to my own manhood and have reference. But I also had a grandfather that was wonderful. Hmm. Um, but for me, I always witnessed the, the power of of the feminine. Um, if anything, some of my work has been to unexalt the feminine because it's, mm. it's, I've always just had this profound, almost projection transference on the feminine of just like, wow, you know, and to just accept that, you know, that, that women are people too, you know, was a process for me because my mother was, was very profound. You saw, is, you is very put profound. your mother on a pedestal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And as many boys probably do. Right. Yeah. But, for me, men's work has a lot to do with mission, right? Really finding purpose. our mission, purpose. Mission, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I talk a lot about the anchoring and ascending, mm. which is what well, we can ex- explore m- more in the men's work. But we're in a time right now where men really need to hold women because women are really birthing a lot. Mm. We're healing on a deep level on this planet. And women really have a lot of very ancient codes and 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 stories to share and and just such deep wisdom so for me in a male body right now as a masculine being i identify with holding a space to protect and Mm -hmm. not that women need 
you know, I'm speaking on a deep level, to hold a space for women to enter into the space and take the baton and, and create something so deeply beautiful that mm-hmm. come from the ancient wisdom feminine traditions. Mm-hmm. There's That's really happening right now on the planet. So, yeah, I, I feel that there's a rewriting of what it is to be a man right now. Yeah. And that's what I want to explore in the program. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we really deeply need uh, like a positive vision mm-hmm. of being mm-hmm. a man. Um, something that has integrity, strength, you know, positive versions of these masculine qualities. Mm-hmm. And what we tend to get in the popular culture, you know, like look at the Simpsons that I grew up with. The, Me too. the father figure is the doofus. Right. He's an idiot. Yeah. He's a he's a joke. And yeah. I think that's had a huge impact mm. on her. I know. On her thing. And that same I kind know. of and in some weird way, that same dynamic is happening now. Like the president, you know, is like the father of our country. Right. And we all see him as an idiot. It's because like of had... the Simpsons. <laughs> well, I think the Simpsons are reflecting that. Of deeper. course, yeah. of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and here here we are though. I mean, that's so, this is where yeah. the this is where the desire comes from us, right? As men coming into our own time where we're of the generation where here we are, we're in our thirties. You're in thirties. Yeah. Yeah. Thirties. Right. And we're stepping in and here we are ready to influence the world while we recognize right. there are some stories we've inherited that will not suffice. Right. We have to go back and rewrite this narrative right. of men and culture. Totally. Um, so what a gift. Yeah. yeah what a gift. Contrast yeah. care flies. <laughs> Yeah. Clarifies. Contrast that, clarifies. Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> so I guess what I'm trying to say is like maybe in the 50s, you know, mm-hmm. we had this like idea mm-hmm. of a man in a certain way. Then we've all know the criticisms of that. Mm-hmm. And now we're kind of, we've for a long time, we've been in this morass of like a negative mm-hmm. view of masculinity. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we don't have a lot of figures that we can look to. Like right. we don't have like a Martin Luther King mm-hmm. right now that we can look to. And, hence the myth. Um, hence the, the, hence power the importance the myth. of myth. These yeah. ancient, yeah. almost timeless tales um of of life of triumph we can draw on the myth yeah and birth that in the world yeah and witness what that is for us i mean there's all there's resonance that some of us have with different myths and some of us don't i mean some men really identify with the zeus archetype Hmm. some do not some more it's a hermes you know so there are all these different and that's just a great right. pantheon. So it's, it's Doesn't not, have it's to not be one Greek. thing. There's many different. Oh my gosh! Purposes. Yeah. Well, that's the work. That's mm-hmm. what we explore. Well, what is that? And then you sit with that myth and you learn from it. Mm-hmm. And maybe it changes and you follow that thread. The whole idea is that you find a thread that takes you deeper and you trust it. Mm-hmm. Again, self-organizing systems have an intelligence. We put this in with studying the chart and the mythic yeah. man. Find the thread. Follow that organic intelligence. Mm-hmm. Witness yourself evolve. Beautiful. Totally. It's I, easy. I believe these myths are present in some form in our DNA. Absolutely. So when, when we oh, access yeah. them. Our stories are. Yeah. yeah. It's that embodiment piece again. I mean, it's in our physical, yes. physical structure. Absolutely. 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 Well, we know. I mean, even, even belief, right, on an epigenetic level is profound. But eventually, you know, that becomes actually written in the DNA itself. We, we know this. Hmm. So think, you know, we have the seven generations piece. If, if, if we'd come from a lineage that's had profound grief, well, that trauma's passed down until someone feels it to heal it. Mm. You have to feel it to heal it. If your lineage has profound grief and you're the holder of that, part of your path is to feel the grief that you've inherited, wow, to move yeah. forward into presence. How can you be present if you're carrying the grief of your great-great-great-grandmother and father? 
It's the ancestral healing. That's where the work comes in in the office, too. We want to mm -hmm. heal on that level, rewrite the story, mm -hmm. connect to the transpersonal. Yeah, it's so profound. Mm -hmm. It's so needed. Totally. In the healing space, it certainly is. You know, it's not going to work anymore. Go get the pill from the doctor. Mm -mm. Let's rewrite the stories of our, of our nervous system, of our physiology, and our energetic bodies, right? To yeah. be truly present, to truly heal. What is it to heal? I ask everyone that's listening to this. I mean, what, is that, what does that mean to you, to heal? Hmm. It's a deep tunnel. It's a deep question. Yes. Yeah, it means something. Um, there's something deeper than just like happiness, like a surface level happiness, obviously. Yeah. Um, something deeper than distraction, being mm. entertained, you know, eating oh good gosh. food, like flying around the world. There's something yeah. a lot deeper than that. Yeah. And, you know, they say for the masculine, it's freedom. Mm. You know, what is what? And I would ask, what is freedom to you? You know, but there's this sense of, of just this utter, expansive, limitless freedom right and again i'm not talking about gender i just want to make that very clear you know mm. but the masculine that that young is just freedom it's like limitless. pure freedom oh, that anyone could wow, access right? absolutely yeah and, and the masculine polarity and then the yeah. feminine polarity it's more rapture it's just that absolute radiance and just mm. to be just to be so taken by life that you dissolve into everything that is Mm. It, both have union, but both are different paths, you know? Yeah. Wow. I like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the freedom quality versus the dissolving or mm -hmm. realizing the manifest world. Yeah, and to and get like in the, touch with... A set do we have, Yeah, absolutely. And are we masculine core or feminine core? It doesn't matter. if you're, You can have a, a female gender body right. and be masculine core or vice versa. Yeah, the Either way. The, the whole gender conversation has gotten so complicated it's and political. It's so complicated. But I appreciate what you're saying. You're saying it's not about what gender you identify with. It's not about even your biological sex. Yes. And actually in the Buddhist tradition, the Tantra, mm. Buddhist Tantra tradition, you visualize yourself as a female Buddha, mm. as a male Buddha. Mm. And you, you do different ones, you know. And, and I would think so, them, because yeah. consciousness certainly doesn't have a gender, does it? <laughs> right. The unified field is not level. male or female. Yeah, yeah. There you, go. <laughs> you know, oh my gosh. You know, the non-dual isn't male or, or female. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> In my experience, not, but yeah. Yeah. So if we can drop into that place, then yeah. you can access these different energies without. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. Beautiful. It's been nice. great having you on the podcast. So sweet, Julian. Thank you so much. Yeah, I hope we do it again. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I hope you yeah. get back on here. We have two cameras, so oh, yeah. yeah. He's got <laughs> such a beautiful setup here, everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you have found this podcast valuable, there are many ways in which you can support it. You can share it with friends and on your social media. You can leave us a review on your favorite podcast listening app. And you can visit our Patreon page patreon.com backslash a state of mind for show notes and more information unique to each episode visit a state of and to learn more about my work as a therapist meditation teacher and coach visit julianocean.us and please don't hesitate to send me a message or email and let me know what you think and contribute to our conversation thank you so much for your support it is listeners like you that make all this so very much worthwhile